It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Julian Council, and you can find the podcast pretty much wherever you get your podcast from. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Google Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify, Stitcher, the brand new Odyssey app. Again, wherever you get your podcast, you can find the Locked On Podcast Network. We did have some issues the last couple weeks, but everything seems to be resolved with Apple Podcasts. So please go back, look into the archives, listen to all the shows that I had last week reacting to the Carolina Panthers draft class. I've also been talking a ton about the position groups and the depth charts and breaking that down. Key questions in each group. Is the offensive line fixed? Is safety a low-key concern for this team? Is wide receiver and cornerback and defensive line maybe now the deepest position groups in the Carolina Panthers roster? So go back, listen to all those podcasts. On this places, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and again, pretty much where you get your podcasts from. Also, follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where I'm going to need your participation starting right now by following me. I've seen some people have been participating by following me. I see the amount of people that listen to this podcast. That's not the amount of followers I have on Twitter. Get to it right now. Download Twitter. Get an account. Start following me if you don't have Twitter already. If you do have Twitter, you should be following me already. Where every Friday throughout the offseason, I'm going to need you to send me in your questions. Either at me or DM me. Send me the questions for the weekly Friday mailbag right here for Locked On Panthers. On today's show, the NFL schedule is finally released. Sort of. We've known the opponents for months. Literally since the season ended. But yet the NFL decides they're going to wait until May 12th to let us know when they're actually playing and what days they're not playing. So if you've known me and you listened to this podcast before or you've been following me prior to this podcast, you should know that I think the NFL schedule release date is utterly ridiculous. But I'm not going to complain about having something to talk about in mid-May. But there is something I'd rather talk about before we get to the schedule for the Carolina Panthers in 2021. The opponents that which have known for, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four months already. Teddy Bridgewater, former Carolina Panthers quarterback, was signed last year to a three-year, $63 million deal. It was really only two years, about $40 million. It ended up only being one year. 
for $33 million in one of the worst free agency contracts the Carolina Panthers have ever signed. And that might actually be a good topic to get into at some point later on this offseason. Teddy Bridgewater was on the All Things Covered podcast hosted by former NFL player Bryant McFadden and current NFL player and Minnesota Viking Patrick Peterson, where he had some comments on his time leaving Carolina, his time in Carolina, and something that the Carolina Panthers didn't necessarily do when it came to attention to detail. The whole deal in Carolina, it is what it is, man. Uh, I told him, you know, once the season ended that I wear big boy draws, man, and you know, I understand the nature of this business, and it's a performance-based business. And, you know, yeah, I could sit up here and say, okay, Christian got hurt, or we didn't have this, didn't have that, but that's not me, you know. I look in that mirror and I say, hey, you got to tighten up, you know. So it's, you know, little things, you know, that I could have done better. And, you know, as an organization, it's things that, you know, you can do better as well. But I think, man, I'll just say this for for Joe Brady's growth. I think, man, like that organization, they'll have to, like, just practice different things, you know, in in, in different ways. Um, And one of the things we didn't do much of when I was there, we didn't practice two minutes, really. We didn't practice red zone, you know. What? So the most yeah. important what? thing. What? <laughs> That's what you used to have a whole a whole day devoted for two minutes yeah. in red zone. That's Thursday like, practice. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, I guess the game is becoming about science, you know, and you know. trying to keep guys healthy. So you know, like, you, you didn't practice on Fridays there, but you walk through what? like the red. You walk through the red zone stuff, and then Saturday you come out and practice red zone, but you only get like fifteen live reps and. Guys, oh, that's all the way Yeah, so I mean, you know, that's the that's the unknown. But you know, I'm I'm a pro, man. I, I could sit up here and throw all of that throw throw all of that out there, but at the end of the day, that won't get me nowhere, man. They didn't spend time practicing red zone offense in two minute drill, according to Teddy Bridgewater. That right there, if true is very hard to comprehend for an NFL staff. But some of it, honestly, checks out. The team last year, the Carolina Panthers, were ranked 28th in red zone scoring percentage at 50.88%, meaning they only 50% of the times they scored touchdowns in the red zone. There were 32 teams in the NFL. The Panthers were fifth to last. That is not good. As we also know, we've been through it. The Carolina Panthers were 0-4-8 in drives with an opportunity to either tie or win the game. A lot of folks put that on Teddy Bridgewater. I understand why. You can look at the game against Chicago. Not good. Atlanta, the late interception in that game as well. There were moments where he was not very good. Taking a sack against New Orleans when really there were no options. Certainly, you can pin a lot of the issues the Carolina Panthers had in the final minutes of games on Teddy Bridgewater. But Teddy also is pointing out that it's not 100% all on him. Looking back at some of the quotes, he did take a level of responsibility for his play, saying he understands the nature of this business. It's performance-based business. And based off of the performance that Teddy Bridgewater had, particularly in the second half of the season, after sustaining an injury that kept him out of the game against the Detroit Lions, where the Panthers won, shutting out the Lions, he was not very good. Was it the knee? 
or was it the inability of Teddy Bridgewater to execute the offense properly? I think it's probably a combination of the two, but we knew from day one that Teddy Bridgewater truly was never going to be a franchise quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, and he's not a franchise quarterback. He had his opportunity in Minneapolis with the Vikings, and unfortunately his knee exploded back in training camp in 2016, and he's been a journeyman for the rest of his career now with the Denver Broncos. So he understands it's performance-based. He did not perform up to standards. He said, yeah, I could be here and say Christian McCaffrey got hurt. I could look at him, but I look in the mirror and I say, you got to tighten up little things that could have done better. So he knows that he could have performed better. And we all know that that goes without being said. So at least Teddy Bridgewater is willing to accept some of the blame for the issues that Carolina Panthers offense had last year. Now, this is kind of interesting though, here talking about Joe Brady, first time play caller, First time OC, the wonderkin coming out of LSU after they had a marvelous season, one of the most dynamic offenses in college football history, and he was with the Saints for a couple years where he learned under Sean Payton and learned from Teddy, and he was instrumental in getting Teddy Bridgewater to be here, the quarterback last season. He had this to say about Joe Brady, as you just heard, for Joe Brady's growth, that organization will have to practice different things in different ways. One of the things that we didn't do much of when I was there, we didn't practice two-minute really. We didn't practice red zone. So is that Joe Brady not making sure that they emphasize that, or is that on Matt Rule? Considering that Matt Rule is the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. I don't know whether this is true or not when it comes to Teddy Bridgewater and the Panthers not practicing two-minute drill or practicing in the red zone. The numbers would certainly suggest that the Carolina Panthers weren't doing something right during the middle of the week. That's not, and at least maybe they were doing it, it wasn't translating. But as we saw last year, in both of those facets of the game, they struggled. So, I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater would go out here and lie. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would do that. He's always been a high-character guy, sportsman of the year in the NFL last season. No one has a negative thing to say about Teddy that's ever been around him. The only people who have anything negative to say about him tend to be Panther fans. Seriously, Viking fans have nothing bad to say about him. Jets fans don't have anything bad to say about him. Saints fans don't have anything bad to say about him. But Carolina Panthers fans hate him to his core because a team that was never going to be good signed him last year, and he turned out to be... Well, Teddy Bridgewater. And for whatever reason, that pissed people off. All right, be mad at Matt Rule, like I've told you. Blame Matt Rule, blame Joe Brady. They're the guys who wanted to bring him. Don't blame... He took the blame, too. Don't blame him for being Teddy Bridgewater. They should have known he was Teddy Bridgewater when they signed him, but apparently they didn't know. So, also, with Teddy, he talks about just... You know, I guess the game's becoming more about science, trying to keep guys healthy for a reason why maybe they didn't practice as much with that kind of stuff, um, that they didn't practice on Fridays, they did a little bit of walkthrough, and it, it wasn't until Saturday where they do 15 live reps of red zone and of two-minute drill. Maybe with the pandemic last year and the reduced time around each other, that could have been a factor, maybe, but I don't know. The one thing I will say, though, when listening to this and Teddy Bridgewater closed out at least that video quote that I, sh- I showed you and that you guys listened to and I've been going over right here saying, I'm a pro man. I could sit up here and throw all that out there, but at the end of the day, that won't get me nowhere. Well, what do you mean you could? You just did. And that's the thing. Carolina Panther fans are going to hate the source more than whether this is true or not. Because of how poorly Teddy played last year, because of the money the Panthers threw at him, Panther fans are going to 
hate to hear this from him. But if it was someone that they liked, they would be all over Matt Rule. And maybe some people are. I think the source is more of the issue. Teddy comes off as a disgruntled ex-employee who got shipped off to Denver after one season where they said they believed in him. And then they spent the entire offseason trashing him and trying to find his replacement, which they have now with Sam Darnold, who might not even be an upgrade. So yeah, I'd be pretty pissed off too if I was Teddy Bridgewater. The one thing I'll say about that though is that last quote where I could throw that out there, you did throw it out there, Teddy. So you are salty. Just admit being salty. That's all you have to do. All those things that you said may very well be true. What also may very well be true and probably is true is that you're pretty upset about how things ended in Carolina. So for the Carolina Panthers' sake and for Teddy Bridgewater's sake, let's just all move on from the 2020 season that was always going to be a disaster but end up being even more of a frustrating season because of all the close games the Panthers were in but they couldn't get things done. Whether it was Matt Rule's fault, Joe Brady's fault, Teddy Bridgewater's fault. The fact remains the Panthers were 28th in the red zone scoring percentage and they were 0 for 8 when it came to game tying and game winning drives in 2020. And in the National Football League, that doesn't get it done. Whew. All right, so I got that off my chest. Now let's talk about the schedule in which we've known for weeks. 17 games this year, guys. 17 games. The NFL shoving content down your throat, and you're going to love it. Congratulations, Carolina Panthers fans. One extra week to either be really happy or really ticked off about that football team, and we'll get into it in just a moment. But first, let me tell you guys about our friends over at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So the wait is over. The Carolina Panthers 2021 schedule is finally out. We've known the opponents for weeks. Not just weeks, like months. But now we know the dates. We'll start off going week to week. I'll give a quick thought. I think that's the easiest way to do this. I'll play that game that we always play about. You know, wins, losses, tough stretches, easy stretches. Even though this is the NFL, it's a week to week league. 
there's no knowing who's actually going to be any good. There's always times where playoff teams last year end up going through injuries like San Francisco did last year and turn out to not be all that competitive. Or teams that stunk last year end up being 12-4 and and going to the Super Bowl. Like Tampa when you had Tom Brady. So who knows what's going to happen in 2021. I've already expressed my thoughts multiple times on the show in the weeks prior when looking past free agency pre-draft and then post-draft where I feel like the natural progression for the Carolina Panthers this season coming up in 2021 is to either be 8-9 and nine or 9-8. Nine and eight. It's still very weird to say that with the 17-game schedule that they now have with 18 weeks of the NFL season starting in 2021. Just looking at what's been added via free agency, when you think about adding Hassan Reddick, A.J. Boye, Sam Donald gets traded here to Carolina via the draft. You add um, J.C. Horn to be his day one starter at corner. You add Terrace Marshall, who could potentially be the number three wide receiver when everything starts out. It's a young defense that got a lot of experience last year, made strides in the second half. The offense, the offensive line, still going to be a little bit of a question mark, if not a big question mark for the Carolina Panthers. But you do have weapons. Christian McCaffrey, hopefully back healthy for 17 games this season. DJ Moore's back. Robbie Anderson's back. Both coming off career years with a quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater that a lot of you guys said completely sucked. But it's weird how four guys can have a 1,000 yards from scrimmage with a really terrible quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. But maybe... That's Joe Brady and how he schemed the offense back for a second year. So looking at where this team's been, in year two of Matt Rule, building up the culture, a program builder, as David Tepper called him when he hired him, which is more of a college term, but fine, we'll bring it to the NFL with the Carolina Panthers in terms of this rebuild, going from 5-11 to 8-9-9-8 right in the thick of the playoff hunt is where the Carolina Panthers should be in 2021, setting themselves up in 2022, where I believe from day one should have always been the expectation where in 2022 they are hopefully in a position where Drew Brees is now out of division. Matt Ryan is aging. The Falcons are sticking with him for now by not drafting a quarterback in this past draft. They're at number four overall instead of taking Kyle Pitts. And with the Bucs, reigning Super Bowl champions, bringing back everybody. But eventually, Tom Brady is going to have to leave. And the Bucs aren't going to be able to keep and retain every single player on that roster. So that's how I feel about the Carolina Panthers. But I will go and play the silly game that we play every year when the schedule comes out. And look at all 18 weeks for the first time of the Carolina Panthers schedule. Preseason, whatever. At Baltimore, or sorry, they're at the Colts. Then home against Baltimore. Then home against the Steelers. So if you are interested in seeing uh, Carson Wentz play probably a snap. Watching Lamar Jackson play a quarter and then watching Big Ben Roethlisberger's old ass go out there and play. Those are the three preseason games. You get two of them here at Bank of America Stadium as that's now happened as they've changed things up with the 17-game schedule. Week 1 came out on Wednesday morning, which I actually liked the NFL at least gave you the Week 1 slate. And I think the Week 1 slate is interesting, particularly here in Carolina. The big offseason news for the Panthers was the trade with New York for quarterback Sam Donald, a former number three overall pick in 2018, who had a lot of rough years in New York, three to be exact. Then he was replaced by Zach Wilson, number two overall by the New York Jets in this past draft two weeks ago. Well, those two will meet up in week one. 
which people are going to dub a Sam Donald revenge game. Of course, Greg Van Roten, the former guard for the Carolina Panthers, he fulfilled a childhood dream playing for the New York Jets. Robbie Anderson was not offered a contract last year by the New York Jets with general manager Joe Douglas in his first offseason. He's now in Carolina, had his first 1,000-yard receiving season in 2020. So there's a lot of Jets ties, Panther ties, Frankie Louvu. Uh, he was just there with a linebacker for the Carolina Panthers with the Jets last year. You can also look at Pout Fly news to the Jets last year. There were some Panther Jets ties. Not to mention, Matt Rule, interview for that job, was not given the job because they would not give him the kind of control that he wanted within that organization. If there's ever going to be a game the Panthers should win on the season, it should be against a team that was dreadful last year. Whether it was Darnold's fault, or it was Adam Gase's fault, or just the organization being a complete dumpster fire, the New York Jets are breaking in a rookie quarterback in his first career start after a season where he played against literally nobody in college football, but got overly hyped and is a number two overall pick. I don't think Zach Wilson's going to be any good, in part because I don't think he's ready to be in that New York market, and he's been sheltered his entire life in Utah, and he didn't play against anybody in the one season he was actually good at BYU. He was a kid who was a, he was battling for his job going into last season, had a great year behind a really good offensive line, but again, a crap schedule, and the one time he played against a marquee game on the season against Coastal Carolina, he got outdueled by Charlotte's own Grayson McCall, I guess technically Indian Trail Zone. I don't buy into it. So Sam Darnold, I don't think he's that kind of guy who's going to be all about, oh, revenge game. Yeah, he wanted to be a Jets for 20 years. Yeah, the Jets didn't really build anything around him. Sure, all that is true. I want to see him go out there and play well. But this game does not need to be any bigger than it's just week one of the season against a really crappy team at Bank of America Stadium where the Panthers should beat the Jets by a touchdown or two. That's just the only thing that matters when they play New York Jets week one is starting off 1-0 against a very bad team and a team that really should not win more than three games in or four games. Potentially now you add an extra game in the 2020 season. Week two, home against New Orleans Saints. I don't know what New Orleans is going to look like this year. Yes, they bring back a lot of the talent they've had on the roster. Drew Brees is gone. Taysom Hill. You can't honestly tell me Taysom Hill is going to be the Saints starting quarterback. You can't do that. I cannot believe that. Jameis Winston. The last time we saw Jameis Winston, he had the famous 30 for 30 season, and he was awful. He Since then, he's had laser eye surgery. Maybe he can now see. I'm just not going to buy into New Orleans until I really know what the quarterback situation looks like. I'm not saying 2-0 is going to happen, but certainly if we're going to play this game, 2-0 is on the table. And 3-0 could be on the table as on a Thursday night, I think the Houston Texans, the Carolina Panthers, on the road at NRG Stadium, will be playing against who at quarterback? Deshaun Watson? Not sure. J.J. Watt's gone. Nuke Hopkins has been gone for a season now. Will Fuller's gone. The Texans are in one of the most precarious, worst situations in the NFL that's a game the Carolina Panthers should be feeling really good about. So if we're going to play the game of, oh, look at the schedule, win-loss, which one there? 2-1-1, 3-0, certainly could happen for the Carolina Panthers. Dallas Cowboys on the road, AT&T Stadium. Dak Prescott's back and healthy. The Cowboys should be one of the top contenders in the NFC East this season with the Washington football team. Then they go against the Eagles at home. Philadelphia looks like they're going to roll with Jalen Hurts this season to start out. Joe Flacco is also in that roster. They had a wide receiver and Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith, to go with Jalen Rager, who's a first-rounder the year before. Ertz, Zach Ertz is still on the roster. Dallas Goddard still on the roster. And when the Eagles have a healthy offensive line, their quarterback has a chance. 
which Carson Wentz did not have last year, even though Carson Wentz looked like he lost confidence and honestly was not a very good quarterback in 2020. So that's week five. Week six, Minnesota Vikings, who they played last year, had one of the worst clock management games I've seen from a Carolina Panthers coaching staff. And we sat through some bad clock management situations with Ron Rivera for almost a decade here in Carolina. That was a game they should not have lost last year. The Vikings are a team with a GM and Rick Spielman who his job's on the line. Mike Zimmer, the head coach, his job's on the line. They just drafted Kellen Mond, so Kirk Cousins, all that guaranteed money, likely not going to last much longer for Kirk Cousins there in Minnesota. At New York, Dave Gutteman, revenge game in a way. Daniel Jones, Charlotte and Duke, Charlotte Latin. Then week eight at the Falcons. If we're looking at a stretch where the Carolina Panthers are really going to have an opportunity to put themselves in good position going in the second half of the season to be able to be a wild card team or maybe even be in position with, for the division, but really the wild card. The Eagles in week five, Vikings week six, week seven against the Giants on the road and week eight at Atlanta. That is the key stretch of the season. Three and one in those games. The Panthers should be in great shape at the halfway point of the season, or I guess there's not really a true halfway point, but they should be really good in the first eight games of the season. If they can get through that stretch at 3-1, 4-0 would be great, but 3-1 at the very least, that would put the Panthers in a great position going into the second half of the season, even though it's not technically halves anymore, to be successful and be in the race and playing meaningful football in December and in two weeks in early January that Matt Rule talks about. I'll go over the... I'll go over the next nine weeks of the season in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action on Bet Online. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Continuing to look at the Carolina Panthers 2021 schedule as we now have the dates out. Week 9 at home. The return of Cam Newton. Cameron Jarrell Newton coming back to Carolina at the Bank of America Stadium where he is by far, and it's not even a question, the best player, well, the best quarterback that the Carolina Panthers have ever had. We can have a debate another day about who the best player in Panther history is, but Cam Newton is a guy who's going to go into the ring of honor. The way the Panthers treated Cam Newton on the way out for a guy who has been maybe more meaningful than any other player in the history of the Carolina Panthers organization was something that 
I don't think I'm ever going to really get over how they presented Cam Newton drama presented by Honeywell. That doesn't sit right with me. And I said this back on us on WFNZ and they let go of Cam, that when Cam Newton comes to Charlotte for the first time, I hope he lights this team on fire. I still feel that way. Get mad at me if you want. I don't care. The way the Panthers treated Cam Newton going out the door, I hope he puts up 400 yards and a 50-burger on this team. I want the team to win every week and every time they play Cam after that. But the first time Cam Newton comes back to Charlotte, I want him to destroy this team. Get mad at me all you want. I don't care. That's how I feel about it. I'm still in my feelings about how David Tepper, I'm not a doctor, you're not a doctor, who's a doctor, and all that nonsense. Matt Rule, lying through his teeth. I don't want to hear any of it. Oh, we're going to help Cam find a trade. No, you're not. You're going to cut him because it's too late. So, yeah, I'm ticked off about how that happened. And I don't really care if you get upset with me for saying I want the Panthers to get lit up by Cam Newton, New England. Because I promise you, I'm not the only one who feels that way. I might be wrong for saying that, but you know what? We'll wait. I have until November 7th to apologize. If he does it, I'm damn sure not going to apologize. So Cam Newton coming back to town with the New England Patriots, who spent a ton of money in free agency. Bill Belichick trying to prove that it wasn't just Tom Brady, but it was also him who was a part of that dynasty after Brady went out there and won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. On the road, Week 10 at Arizona, a team the Carolina Panthers beat last year and have had a couple back-to-back seasons of playing. They went on the road a couple years ago. Kyle Allen and his his first career start, and he was fantastic against the Cardinals, and people started dubbing him as a franchise, and it turned out he was a bum, which, I mean, I could have told you that. The Cardinals are an interesting team. Cliff Kingsbury, year three, didn't really have a great resume coming out of Texas Tech, other than the fact that Patrick Mahomes and, I guess, Davis Webb and Baker Mayfield all played quarterback there, even though he ran off Baker in favor of Davis Webb, and Davis Webb turned out to not be that good. Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick, Heisman Trophy winner, and just got his fifth-year option exercised by the Cleveland Browns. Bad decision there. Also, some poor coaching decisions and game management last year that cost the Cardinals an opportunity to go to the playoffs. They lost in Week 17 to the Rams and John Wolford, a Wake Forest guy who was their backup quarterback and outdueled Kyler Murray in that Rams in that Cardinals team. So that's going to be a very interesting game in terms of the importance of playing against a NFC West team, where you have the Seahawks, you have the Rams, you have San Francisco, and Arizona. All four teams are going to be in position to make the playoffs. Obviously, only one of them can be the division winner, but the other three are going to be trying to be in the wild card. This is going to be a vital game in terms of trying to get a tiebreaker and position yourself with a good NFC record on the road against Arizona in Week 10. Week 11 against the Washington football team. Another comeback game. Ron Rivera coming home to Carolina. First time since he was fired. Of course, he's still he was here a couple last week for the Wells Fargo, that Quail Hollow. So he still has a connection to the Charlotte community. Washington football team, that was a game, a win last year a lot of people were upset about because it cost them potentially um, a Trey Lance or Zach Wilson or one of those top quarterbacks. Turns out the Panthers were fine with just Sam Donald. So maybe they might not have taken one of those guys in the end. I have no idea what would have happened. That's also going to be another pivotal game in terms of wild card against the Washington football team. At Miami, Week 12, the Dolphins were right there, 10 wins last season after a year where people thought they were tanking, and that just kind of shows you. In the NFL, it's such it's week to week, it's also year to year, and that's the beauty of the league, where you can be bad one year with a salary cap league, you make the right decisions in the offseason, and you get the right head coach, you can be in position. They're handing two of the keys, they drafted Jalen Waddell, they have a lot of young, good defensive players, I love Brian Flores as the head coach. 
that Miami game at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, or I guess what technically Miami Gardens, is going to be one of those games the Panthers are going to need to try and win. Now, home against the Falcons, that's another important game. And this second half of the season is going to dictate what the Panthers, whether the Panthers are going to be in the playoffs or not. Like, that's why I said earlier that the stretch early on in the season, midway through the season, right before the midway point, against, I mean, really Dallas, Philadelphia, Minnesota, New York, and Atlanta, those are so important when you look at later on playing the Patriots, then the Cardinals on the road, home against Washington, at Miami, home against Atlanta, then at Buffalo, in a game that will either be played on a Saturday or a Sunday in December. The Carolina Panthers want that game to be played on a Saturday meaning that that's going to be one of the marquee games on the season. And that will be dictated upon how they perform in the weeks prior when they play the Falcons after coming off a bye in Week 13, then the Dolphins prior to that, Washington football team prior to that, and at the Cardinals and home against New England with Cam Newton returning to Carolina Carolina for the first time. That Buffalo game is going to be one of the toughest games of the season, if not the toughest game of the season outside of Tampa Bay, of course. Buffalo was phenomenal last year. Josh Allen turned into the quarterback that Brandon Bean, the former Carolina Panther assistant GM, hoped that he would be when they drafted him. Sean McDermott's done a fantastic job. They have built a winning culture in Buffalo that we should envy. We call them Panthers North. Man, we turn into really Buffalo South because Buffalo is the team in the NFL that has turned out to be one of the top Super Bowl contenders over the next coming years because of guys like Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and what they have on that roster. They were fantastic last year. That will be a tough game if Buffalo continues to be the same team that they were last season. Then you follow it up with the Buccaneers at home, at New Orleans, and then at Tampa Bay. I don't know if there's a tougher stretch. I don't know what everyone else's schedule looks like. If there, That has to be one of the toughest stretches in football to go to Buffalo, who is an AFC title game. To home against the reigning Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who literally are bringing everyone back. Then at New Orleans, at the Superdome, where I'm guessing by January 2nd, it does that we're going to have 100% capacity. I don't, I don't know if the Saint fans are going to still be drunk from the years or not, but they're going to be ready to go. To go on the road there, where maybe they have the things figured out, the quarterback situation, where there's Taysom Hill, probably going to be Jameis Winston. Then at Tampa Bay... Carolina, if they want to make the playoffs, they want to be in the thick of things. Yeah, they're going to have to steal one of these four games, probably two. They can probably get split both two of them. But they're going to have to get things done early in the season, which makes New York got to beat the Jets. Saints would love to win that game at home. The Texans, they're going to be terrible. You got to win that game for sure. Dallas on the road, going to be tough with Dak Prescott back. Eagles at home, got to win that. Vikings at home, you got to win that. At the Giants, need to win that game. At Atlanta, you got to find a way to split at least a season series with the Falcons, if not sweep it. The Patriots, New England's going to be a lot better this year. And I said I want to see Cam torch him, but that's a game where you can't get torched. At, Atl- at Arizona, massive for tiebreakers. Washington, home game, you got to win at home. And that's a team that you beat last year. you got to figure things out. And Ryan Fitzpatrick's their quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick has never taken a team to the playoffs. You can't lose to a Ryan Fitzpatrick quarterback team. I don't care if you love the Fitzmagic and the beard and all that kind of stuff. When it matters most, the dude folds. It was true back in 2015 when he was a Jets quarterback. He went to Buffalo in Week 17 and crapped himself. That dude ain't going to get it done when it matters. You can't lose to Fitzmagic. At the Dolphins, I don't know what Tua is going to look like. That's a good. That's a well-coached football team. 
That week 17 got the doors blown off of them on the road in Buffalo. I don't know how much more improved they're going to be. I don't know if they're going to regress or not. That's a game that you have to really find a way to win. And of course, after the bye, you cannot lose at home to the Atlanta Falcons, setting up for week 15, 16, 17, and 18 at Buffalo, home against Tampa, at New Orleans, at Tampa Bay. Those four games at the end, I don't know whether they're going to dictate with the Panthers are a playoff team or not. I'm going to say that the games before that is where Carolina has to position themselves to have some sort of wiggle room, some sort of margin for error if they do slip late in the season against, presumably, Tampa twice and Buffalo once, two of the best teams in football. At least they were two of the top four teams in football this past season. So I played the game. Nine and eight is what I think. Eight nines on the table. It's all going to matter about what happens prior to week 15. The Carolina the Panthers need to put themselves as a team that is sitting there. I would say at the very least, they need to be seven and six with four games remaining. Seven and six, eight and five going into those final four weeks to feel really good about their chance about being a playoff team. Because they're eight and five, they split those two games. Ten and seven, I don't know, might might get it done. Nine and eight might get it done. But they need to find a way to put themselves at eight and five or seven and six going into those last four weeks. They won't have any shot against the playoffs, in my opinion, just as I'm evaluating the teams, what they look like last year and what they now look like post the draft. So that wraps up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Great review and subscribe on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, rather. But also check us out on Spotify, also on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Odyssey, and pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also tweet at me, at Julian Council, where I'm going to need your participation right now as we're going to have our Friday mailbag, where you can yell at me for saying I want the Carolina Panthers to get torched by Cam Newton. But honestly, you know... Cam Newton was a great guy for our city, and the way that they did him on the way out, I think it's only fair that Cam Newton at least gets one. Now, he can torch him, and the Panthers can still win, okay? Is that fine? If he puts up 500 yards and a 50-burger, and the Panthers outscore him and win 51-50, he cool with that? I think that's fair, right? So, be mad. I don't really care. It, 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 you'll get over it eventually. So, thank you again for the support. Listenership's been great, even though I might have pissed off some of the listenership by what I just said there. Either way, I'm not going to lie to you guys. It's going to be authentic and I feel like I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm going to say my my piece, but I'm also going to try and give you the best evaluation of this team I can. So thank you for sticking with me and I will talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.